Hey, greetings, folks. Apostle Lewis here with you, and welcome to the weekly Kingdom Outlook. And um, welcome. You're, you're going to get this on many different formats. You can get this on our podcast. You can get this on um, our YouTube channel and our Rumble channel. So you're going to have many different outlets to get this on. Um, and if you support our ministry, it will be in there as well on, on that. Uh, a $10 subscription or more gets you that free as it goes. Um, what I want to talk about for the next 10 of these, at least, is uh, it, how Israel's time clock is important for us to watch. Um, there are certain prophecies that are going to happen, like Israel will be restored in a day. I want to I want to just go, I want to talk in this first one here, um, just a basis for this. And, and so we can understand why it's important for us to... Um, understand who we are in Christ, um, who we are in Israel. And that's that's a really interesting one that I think many in the church don't understand. Um, one of the goals of Christ, one of his commission goals, let's say, uh, uh, that he's going to accomplish and he will accomplish it, um, um, is to make one new man uh, from the two. And, and what he's talking about there, and let's let's look at some scripture together as we do this to understand God's purpose. Now, I want you to understand that Jesus has a goal and he came to his own. His own did not receive them, but as some of his own did, uh, he had disciples. He commanded them to first preach in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. They were absolutely faithful to this. So much so that uh, the warning to when you see um, the army surrounding Jerusalem to flee, they did. That was not talking about uh, the rapture. It was talking about the siege of Jerusalem. And uh, it's recorded that over a million uh, Christians fled Jerusalem uh, when they saw the armies coming. Because Peter, James, John, and Andrew, who got the prophecy, you'll find that in Mark 13 and Luke 21, were faithful to tell the disciples. Now, they were uh, most likely dead by that time, so uh, they had told them so well that that it's recorded. Uh, Josephus might have recorded some other historians that not one Christian was caught inside of Jerusalem upon the siege, that they had all fled, that the only ones left were unbelieving uh, Jews. And this is important to understand Scripture that a covenant is made at the beginning of a relationship and a testament is made to be invoked at the end of life. That's why Jesus made a covenant and there's also a testament. Hebrews talks about a testament. That is what happens because, because Christ has died and there's a testament released into that. But there's also an old covenant that came with judgments and all that. And I want to say some things that probably are going to get people upset, but that's okay. Number one, there is no old covenant for Israel to fall back on. Uh, they had broken the covenant so many times that it literally says in Scripture, God had divorced them, God, um, but that God was going to make do something great with them. And that that's found in Jeremiah 31, where the Lord says that, uh, I'm going to make a new covenant. So 3131, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. That is the new covenant which Jesus made with them. That is the covenant that we have entered into. 
we have been grafted not only into Christ, but also Abraham and also Israel. And it's important for us to understand God's love for Israel, God's love for, for the nation of Israel, his love for the Jews, um, and but he has also blinded their eyes. And this is found in Romans, and it's very difficult to swallow um, this, this charge of the Lord because we don't like seeing God angry. You know, we really don't. We, we don't ever hope it comes, we pray it never comes upon us. Uh, he said, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke. Though I was a husband of them, says the Lord, but this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds. I'll write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord, for they all shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. Okay. Now, it's, it's really important to understand our grafting in in certain areas. Paul talks about in Galatians 4 that there's two covenants. One is Sinai and one is Mount Zion. One is in bondage and one is free. And it says the bondage will not inherit with the free. It's really, it's really difficult to understand that there is no old covenant. Why? Because you can't fulfill it. No one can ever be righteous from it in the first place. Romans chapter 7. If there was a law that could make men righteous, certainly the law would have done it, Paul wrote. But it couldn't because it didn't deal with the heart. It was not It was only kept, Galatians chapter 3 and 4, only there to keep uh, the, the Israel in a place of safety until Christ. And so that is important to understand all this in Scripture. And the book of Romans, Paul isn't trying to exclude non-believing Jews. He's actually talking to believers. He's not talking to unbelievers. And he's saying a true Jew is the one who is circumcised in the heart, not one who's circumcised in the flesh. Again, you'll see the spirit, the flesh as a, a contrast Paul speaks about in Ephesians. He speaks about in Galatians, speaks about in Romans. And he's He's deciphering the two, that one is old, one is new. In Corinthians, he says that the, 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 the law is, is fading away, that that covenant, even from the time Moses came down and put a veil over his face, that the glory of that was fading away from that moment. And it was quite glorious, but compared to the glory of the new covenant, first, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it, there's no, it doesn't even compare. And so we don't want an old covenant. We don't want an old covenant when it's judgments. We want a new covenant where all the promises are yes and amen in Christ. In Christ. Not in Israel. Not in Jerusalem. But in Christ. That's our rounding of that. But we also have to know that Romans talks about us being grafted into Israel. What Israel? The true Israel of God. Uh, the new Jerusalem, as it speaks of in Scripture. Why is this important? Because God still has a covenant with the land of Israel. He is coming back to the land of Israel. We know this. This is in Scripture. We, we know that, so we have to keep our eyes on Israel. We have to see prophetically what is happening with Israel if we're going to understand the things that are transpiring before us. For a lot of people, this is difficult. For some people, they could dive all into Judaism. And Judaism is not what we've been grafted into. We're grafted into the new covenant based on far better, because it's based on the blood of the lamb and not blood of bulls and goats, it comes with greater promises, better promises, it says in Hebrews. 
And because of that, we are not grafted into Judaism. Paul said he left Judaism, his former conduct in Judaism, he said. He said he counted that all as dung that he might apprehend Christ. So we're not to go and try to keep the law in, in, in its rituals and its, in its seasons and the moons and all those things. Even though, I will say this, pay attention to the feast because there are the feast of the Lord. And, and the Lord likes to speak during his feast. It's a time where collectively we should all come before him and, and feast with him and he will speak with us. And I, 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 this is not the purpose of this whole thing. But I'm trying to lay a foundation because I don't think a lot of Christians have this foundation. They, they think every Jew is, you know, woo, they're Jewish. And oh my God, oh. And, and don't understand that me and you are also God's chosen people. Now, let's look at some things where it talks about making us new. Verse 11, Ephesians chapter 2 says this, Therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made by the flesh by hands, that at the time you were without Christ, which we were, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's, that was our state before the cross. We had no covenants. We were without hope. We did not have God. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Now, what does that mean? Remember, we were estranged from the commonwealth of Israel. But there is a spiritual Israel, not just the nation Israel. Remember, Galatians 4, which is another one that's really tough for people to swallow, is that the natural Israel will not inherit with the spiritual Israel. However, I do believe in the conversion of souls, and I do believe God's got a promise in a day. It'll be like the Jews get saved. God's going to take off the blinders off their eyes, and they are going to come to him in masses, more than we've ever seen up to this point. Like, as, as, as far as... They all are, you know, have gone back to Jerusalem and to Israel. It will be the same way when they come back to the Lord, but in even massive, massive more amount. Now listen, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one. What both? Those who are the uncircumcision of the flesh and those who are the circumcision of flesh. He has made us both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation having abolished in his flesh the enmity. There was enmity between the flesh. Remember, Peter couldn't go. He tells, he tells um, Cornelius, you know how it's unlawful for me to enter the house. But God has told me don't call anything that he has cleansed unclean again. Right? He has broken down and abolished this wall in his flesh. That is the law of commandments contained in ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace and that he might reconcile them both to God. Because Israel was, remember, Israel wasn't reconciled. They had broken the covenant. They also need the reconciliation of the cross. There's no old covenant to reconcile them. They broke it. Paul explains this in Romans when he starts talking about if a husband dies, a wife can marry another husband. Christ died. He paid the penalty for their sins. Our sins as well. But he died also 
someone had to pay for the breaking the covenant. But since he died, there is no old covenant anymore because Christ died. But he's alive and he has now made a new covenant. And he's reconciling us both together in that new covenant. Thereby putting death to enmity. There's not supposed to be this thing between, you know, I don't, I, 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 I sometimes struggle with this messianic Jews because I know we're, it's not, it shouldn't be a separation of us. It's actually a separation from the unbelieving Jews, which is kind of an oxymoron, and the believing Jews. Those, those that maybe uh, aren't practicing, you know, don't even really think about God as, you know, but they're, they're Jewish by nationality, but not Jewish by faith. Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld is one of those who says he's Jewish, but he doesn't have any, any faith. He doesn't practice at all. And, and even Don Rickles called them out on it one time. All right. So, so it's, it's really important to us understand this, this um, paradigm, because otherwise you're going to miss what God is doing in the earth. Because, again, uh, Israel is the only nation that God actually has a covenant with as a nation to uh, that he's coming back to. All right. We have to understand that. All right. He says this, uh, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. In other words, the Jews were near. He preached to them and he preached to us. That's why Paul kept on saying this gospel is for the Jew, you know, Jew first, then the Gentile. It was first preached to Jews. It was. About the first 10 years of the church was all Jews. Okay, until Acts chapter 10. It's about all Jews. There might, I don't think there's any that we know of, except for there are some like Cornelius who are uh, following God in Judaism. And they're, they, they're praying, because Cornelius obviously was before he was a Christian. But he still had not been reconciled. The reconciliation comes through Christ. Okay, and even Cornelius needed to hear from God and from Peter the way that he had to follow. Okay, it's really important for us to understand this shocks Peter. I mean, just read uh, Acts chapter 10. It shocks him and the people with him, seeing that the Holy Spirit is given to them like it was us in the beginning. Who can deny these water? Because water baptism is important as well. And it's, it's important for us to understand. So when you go to Romans and when Paul starts out the book of Romans, he starts arguing or, or demonstrating what is a true Jew. And he's not trying to, um, he's not really trying to disqualify, but he is. But he's telling us that a true Jew, this is in Romans chapter 25 through 29. He's telling us that a true Jew is not one who's circumcised in the flesh. He's telling us a true Jew is one who's circumcised in the heart by the spirit that's given to us by the promise which Peter says to him on the day of uh, uh, Pentecost that this promise, you know, he says, repent and be baptized. And this promise, what's the promise? The Holy Spirit baptism is for you and your children as many as the Lord may call. So in other words, repent, be water baptized, and the promise, this promise of the new covenant, which is the circumcision, the baptism of the Spirit, will be yours, and it's to you and your children as many as the Lord may call. That's powerful. And Paul's going through this. He goes through Romans chapter 4, and he's talking the difference between grace and wages. And saying He goes through Esau and Jacob and says God's showing that it's by his, his choosing, not yours, that God shows mercy and grace. 
Okay, and then he goes to five and six and seven, and he goes through all this. And then eight, he talks about the spirit. And he says, if you don't have the spirit, that spirit baptism, he says, you're not his. You're not God's. And he talks about the spirit of, uh, uh, of adoption. And then we get into chapter nine. And, and here's where we get into where we're going to be going for these next several weeks, uh, maybe months on this topic. And that is Paul's grief and sorrow that his countrymen, and I want you to understand that Paul's going to talk about his countrymen versus, versus his brethren. All right, versus his believers. He says this, I tell you the truth, I am not lying. This is chapter 9-1 of Romans. My conscience also bearing witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen, according to the flesh. Now there were Israelites who are Israelites to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, the promises of whom are, are the fathers and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all the eternity, blessed God, amen. But Israel rejected it, okay? Um, and, and, and this is the sadness of Paul's heart. It's just like, you know, I don't like my own American brethren or my Italian brethren to not give their lives to Christ, okay? And he goes through all this. I want you to take your time to read 9, 10, and 11. He's going through this. This is his purpose. He's, he's trying to give us, his, it's a really prophetically talking about what's going to come. And, and he says that Israel's rejection, this is verse 11 of 11. I say then that they have stumbled that they should fall. Certainly not. But through their fall, to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to the Gentiles. Now, if their fall is riches of the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? Now, I want to tell you, I think one of the signs of Jesus' return is not calamity, is not chaos, but actually Israel. Listen, I'm going to tell you the scripture I use for that. For I speak to you Gentiles, inasmuch as I am an apostle to Gentiles. He's speaking, he's, remember Paul is not speaking to Jews here. He's not speaking to Israel here. He's speaking to Roman believers, Gentiles. He's an apostle to the Gentiles. He's trying to explain the mystery between Israel and God and how they fit into what God is doing in the earth. And it's really important that you pay attention to that, to understand Scripture. Scripture can't be understood without Israel. For everything was written about Israel for your learning. All right? And he says, Inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. If by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are of my flesh and save some of them. So he's talking about those who are of his flesh. Those his countrymen. I'm Italian. So I have my countrymen in Italy. I'm also American. I have my countrymen in American. Um... You know, Haiti isn't my countrymen. They're not the people of my flesh. Okay? And so he's talking about Israel, the nation, not uh, the prophetic uh, promise of Israel, the nation of God, so to speak. Okay? All right. He says, For if they're being cast away, listen to this prophecy, if they're being cast away is a reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead. That's the resurrection. 
And I really believe that the Jews are going to come to Christ. And you read this chapter, he talks about being that were that they were cut off. He says it. It's Paul. He says they were cut off the Jews from God, from the new covenant because of unbelief. He says, but if they believe in Christ, they can be grafted back in. So he says, if we could take this, this wild olive branch of us who are Gentiles by 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 uh, our origins, and we came and believed, he has grafted us into this this thing called Israel. Okay, the prince of God, Jacob, or even Abraham, who says, he says in Galatians that Abraham is the father of all those of faith. It says in Romans 2. Okay, so we're of the children of Abraham, all right, which is before the law. So Abraham, Abraham was circumcised, listen, after he believed, not before he believed. In other words, the circumcision was given as a sign that he believed. It wasn't a sign of his righteousness. He believed and God accounted it to him for righteousness, and then he gave him the circumcision. See, you believe God accounts it to you for righteousness, then the circumcision of the Spirit. Get it? Okay. And so he goes and he says that because of their unbelief, they're broken off. And we were grafted in. He says, but he says, look, you know, but he looks, he says, if you change and you decide to not believe anymore, he can cut you out. And if they choose to believe, he can graft them in because how hard it would be to graft in the original branch? Wouldn't be hard at all. He took us who are wild by nature and grafted us in. How much easier would it have to take the original and put it in? And but I but he says the deliverer will come out of Zion. That's the believers. And I and I want to tell you that God is gonna save Israel. He's gonna save the Jews. Are all of them gonna get saved? I think so. I, I just, it's so beyond us. But I believe, number one, that the church should position ourselves, not by just this, well, God's going to save the Jews, but should position us ourselves by praying before the altar of God for the blindness to be removed off of his nation, off of the Jews. Remember, it's God who's blinded their eyes. It's him who's done it. Satan blinds the eyes of Gentiles, but God blinded the eyes of the Jews because of their disobedience and unbelief. Okay, and then Paul even wrote that they were the sons of disobedience. Jesus wrote in Revelation and spoke and said that they were the synagogue of Satan. Because they chose not Christ, but they chose Caesar. They, they, you know, Israel's long history of worshiping false god goes back into the wilderness and the, and the daughters of Baal that they slept with. Okay, but they had a long history of worshiping false gods. Some of the some of the worst history of worshiping false gods. All right, and 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 it's what we did. Paul says, you know, he tells the Corinthians how you were carried away by dumb idols. We were all carried away by things that couldn't speak back to us at one point in our lives. But we came to Christ, and that's the mercy of God. And I believe that it's up to us to pray for them, pray for the Jewish nation, pray for. Israel for Paul's countrymen. And if you're a Messianic Jew, then you're praying for your countrymen. God is going to turn, take off the blinders, open their eyes in an instant, and they're going to see the Messiah. And we're going to talk prophetically in the next 10 of these about some of the things we need to pay attention to in that. There's some things that have been happening that maybe through all the chaos and the shaking, which shaking is one of the signs that God's doing something with Israel. It's one of the signs. Because God loved when he's doing some of the Israel, everything else gets shaken around it. And we need to pay attention to that shaking. 
And we need to see the things that God has done that uh, we might not have paid attention to in its fullness as we went along. So I hope you'll come back every week and hear this weekly um, kingdom outlook. I want you to have a kingdom, folks. I want you to know that I have nothing but love for uh, for all people, to be honest with you. But I also believe the Jewish uh, people, those who do not know Christ yet, are going to see a great light. They're going to see the Lord Jesus. And Jacob is going to come back to Christ. And it's going to be a glorious, glorious moment when it does. And, and I hope it's in my lifetime, but it might not be. But I think some things are already shifting. I think that, um, that God is preparing for the returning of the Lord. When that's going to be, if it's in my lifetime or not, I do not know. But I cannot help to see things prophetically transpiring. And that's what I like to hope to talk to you about over the next several weeks. So God bless you and you have a fantastic day. Bye-bye.